When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Ah, she's got nice eyes. Mm, that sparkle. Is this another attractive snake? No, she's a lioness. Ah, right. That, young lion well, I presume because we're on the topic of uh, attractive reptiles, we'll remain on that topic. Hello and welcome to Thursday's edition of the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. My name is Joel Sked and I'm joined by the man who puts Ife in both Life and Fife, Sean McGuigan. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> the man whose initial should be BAT rather than CGT, Craig G. Telfer. Hello there. And persona non grata in the murky world of Herbalife and lowly Scottish football. <laughs> welcome again, Danny Denham. It's a pleasure to be back to the, the number one podcast, or the only podcast that's invited me on, so... <laughs> <laughs> With that. I don't know if that's a compliment or he's trying to play for another, uh, <laughs> for another podcast. Uh, no, so we are, um, since I'm on, I'm just and someone pulled me up on Twitter yesterday for, um, uh, for constantly, I'm going to paraphrase, for fucking interrupting everyone. I'm going to be uh, quite silent tonight because we're going to delve into the leagues. He seemed really angry. To be yeah. really angry about your podcast performance. I've listened to it, I thought, I didn't think you did. There was a couple of times... I thought, well, okay, I understand where he's coming from. But no, I thought you were fine. I, the way his tweet came across is that it's built a lot built up. Mm-hmm. And maybe just done it across many, many weeks. Maybe it's fed up with me. And I, I took it on board. I did say to him, uh, Julie noted. Okay, well, that's, uh, that's good then. I should make a good podcast. Because uh, less of Joel, more of the guys. <laughs> are, more of the guys <laughs> who really are at the, the fag end of Scottish football. So we're going to start with the Iron Brew Cup from the weekend. I know it's a few a few days after, but it was uh, it's not being discussed about too much. And um, certainly not on the Talking <laughs> Boss podcast. Anyway, was it them or was it another one? Burst Boss, Burst Boss, Boss. Too many boys. Same thing. <laughs> so we're going to we're going to crack on, and I'm just going to choose out some uh, some interesting uh, interesting results, <clears> and the boys are going to talk about it. First of all, Ross County five, Ray Bros nil. <laughs> I thought you would start with that one. My my attitude to the to the Challenge Cup is a bit like when you've when you've completed a video game so when I completed a video game I wasn't that fussed about going back to it so <laughs> I think if you've won the Challenge Cup and beat Rangers in the final in the process you've kind of completed the Challenge Cup so I wasn't, I wasn't that unhappy about Wraith Rovers exiting I, I would have preferred it if they hadn't been uh, utterly humiliated by half time by going 5 now down uh, it was another first half performance it was an absolute shambles it was a shambles yeah uh, they, they couldn't stop crosses uh, not only could they not stop crosses they couldn't be bothered to mark uh, Brian Graham who scored 4 goals and once I felt sorry for Kevin Cuthbert because Kevin Cuthbert really 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 wants a Wraith Rovers job so I don't know how many games uh, the board have said uh, the last couple of days are going to take their time to appoint a manager I don't know how long Cuthbert's going to get in charge he obviously had Ross County he's got Brechin again this Saturday he may even have the, the next game I'm not entirely certain but I, I felt sorry for him and he was I think he was angry and embarrassed at full time and, and the, the players kind of looked like they weren't really that fussed uh, it, it could have been it could even have been about seven uh, by half time never mind, mind full time it was a, a fairly yucky performance yeah, I watched the highlights and 
It seems like it was just the same goal. It was a set piece. <laughs> <laughs> Connor and his Brian Graham heading it in. I was like, who's picking him up? It was fairly embarrassing from the team that I said, I remember the last podcast I was talking about Ross County and how crap they were. And then to go and beat Ray 5 now, it shows you how wrong I was or how crap Ray for one of the two. But I also tipped up Fairman to win the, the championship, mm-hmm. so uh, we were both on. <laughs> what about in terms of the job because I know that there's guys like Lee Clark and stuff being, being uh, mooted as potential candidates for the, the Retro's job is there anyone that excites you that his name's caught uh, as ever I'm, I'm <laughs> slightly underwhelmed uh, <laughs> I was underwhelmed by the last list of names and I'm slightly underwhelmed by the, the current list of names bear in mind uh, Lee Clark signed about 112 players for Kilmarnock and Retro's have a budget of £0 so I, I doubt that'll appeal to him and it'll be a fairly low salary for him as well so no, I'm slightly in the film. I'd bring back Laurie Ellis. I think everybody would want Laurie Ellis to come back. Uh, had ten years at Stats Park. He got because he was Dun United's assistant manager. I think uh, Lajlo then brought in his own assistant. He left for he's, he's left, hasn't he? Yeah, so, yeah I'm sure he did. We chatted with us. It was Werner Werner Berger. Um, I think that's uh, the pronunciation. Uh, yeah, so he was uh, assistant at Hearts, and Craig said that he had to leave for personal reasons. So I think Laurie Ellis is still still kicking about there. I, I can see it be somebody like John McLean. I can see John Again. McLean coming back. Yep, I can see somebody like McLean. Danny shaking back. his head. It won't be John McLean because I was speaking to my gaffer. I mean, who's in for that? He went, I mean, John McLean's obviously got a shout at the winning that one, isn't he? He went, no, he's a scout at Celtic. He's been earning two bags a week. There's no chance. You're not going to give him two bags a week. No, I don't think he'll be on that there. The, the, the chat is that potentially Danny Lennon. That's the rumour I'm hearing. Apart from, I, the fact, apart from the fact that he talks about himself in third person, I, I'd, I'd be okay with that I couldn't see it though I think he's on a good thing at Clyde I think Clyde have got a real chance of winning that division I don't know what he does outside of it like part time kind of. I don't know Danny Lane but I think part time football kind of suits him I I don't know why you'd want to go for a team that's got a real chance of I'm going to say winning the league to go that doesn't make any sense sorry but you know what I mean I don't think the, 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 the Wraith Rovers isn't the most attractive job because you have worst paying full time team why would you want to go that when you can have like a, a, a Clyde or, or imagine a quite a well-paying part-time team and then have a, a job out, outside the football? I don't know. But if you if you can take Wraith up, though, I mean, there's there's potential there. I, I would. Uh, I know Matthew Elder has been champion and uh, uh, Goodwin. Whether he would want to take a, a step down again, you know, Goodwin does outside. He's a rep for Cadbury's. He yeah. works and he goes to uh, like corner shops uh, and, and sells Cadbury's products to them. Oh really? Yeah, didn't know that. Conflict interest that surely. Athletes and sh- shouldn't be. Here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey. Imagine even Jim Goodwin's got to put bread in the table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wraith Rovers are not going to pay more than Cadbury, so that's, <laughs> we can rule him out as well. Imagine Goodwin turning up at your, uh, your your corner shop at your shop. It's like, do you want to buy these chocolates? <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> How much have you got? We'll move on to just looking at the list. East five two part of one. That 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 stands out. Yeah, apparently uh, I, I've not seen. I've not had a chance to see highlights. I can only go by the comments that I've read online. But apparently, um, Partick Thistle were okay in the first half, but terrible in the second half. And East Fife ran over the top of them. Particularly good performance from Ross Davidson in the middle of the park. He was a real driving force in, in, in getting them going. Um, I think whilst that's a doesn't necessarily do much for, for Darren Young and his his esteem at East Fife because I think he's got a long way to go there but I think for Partick Thistle and Atlantis Archibald that's a really bad result for them really bad result for a winnable competition to get put out by the team who's bottom of uh, League One that's that's not a good result I mean you look at the difference between so Wraith Rovers played a team that's just been relegated from the Premiership could have lost by about 8 or 9 Uh East Fife player team which has been relegated from the Premiership and were the, they were the better team uh, in the second half Patrick couldn't even really do the, the basics right five yard passes were going awry uh, the you know, defenders were letting the ball kind of bounce over their heads I know uh, Christy Elliott in particular like a, a particularly torrid time at, at fullback East Fife uh, East Fife merited their win uh, Johnny Court had a particularly good game uh, Mark Doherty came back after after mm-hmm. injury Ersfield Pelly podcast guest get the plug in there <laughs> second goal as well uh, it was Curry uh, that scored the winner that was, that was an excellent goal but now East Fife East Fife thoroughly deserved it was it a strong Thistle lineup? yeah no very much so yeah and they were uh, no, they were second best they looked, they looked poor I mean how much how much credit do you think Archibald still has left in the bank well I mean uh, your, your perfect Thistle season is not necessarily going to be judged on whether or not they, they won the Challenge Cup or how well they did the Challenge Cup but if you've got people who are again who are on your back already that's a sort of that's a, a, another that's not pleasant that's not pleasant to, to lose I'm not sure they can afford to sack him once they pay for Musta, um for um, Koulibaly from the ejection team 
Of course, yeah. aye, that's got the compensation for that. S- signing a player that you can't actually play kind of reeks of incompetence. <laughs> uh, speaking of incompetence, we will go to. Ah, uh, there's no, there's one, there's one team that jumps out there, but I want to leave them until later on. <laughs> Arbro three, Anana. Yes, uh, yes, we'll, we'll we'll go there now. Um, Arbro, yeah, you scored. Danny. Yeah, well, you started as well, didn't you? It was a very good start, and I think <laughs> Karma's really came back to bit me after writing an article slating the Jobbies Cup. <laughs> the only time I can get a game <laughs> is now in the Jobbies Cup. So yeah, a real start, and um, yeah, we, we were quite comfortable to be honest. Um, even with four or five guys haven't been playing. We swept them aside pretty easy, 3 0, and a goal with my right foot was probably the, the talking point of the game, if I don't say so myself. So yeah. Ryan McCord looked really good in the highlights. He was fantastic, and he's always been a little bit heavy, uh, as Ray fans will probably know. Yes. But he's a uh, LinkedIn page today, he's got that really sort of. He looks like the bear from Bo Selector. <laughs> <laughs> But he's um, he, he's much fitter than he was last season. He was doing a, a sort of a university program, and it was his last year, and he was stressed. And this year, he's really had a go at it. Even though he's not been playing, he's been looking good in training, and he is a great player. Probably the most technically gifted player I've played with. Training, he just he just puts the ball in the top corner. The, the interview with him after the game was quite interesting. He was describing the fact he had he had that kind of was yeah. a university. Course or something yeah, like quantity year. surveying, something like yeah. that. So he was saying that, that kind of no, he wasn't really concentrating on his football and he wasn't really enjoying it. And he, he said himself that he wasn't very fit. No. And then because he, he said as well that he was he was pretty much leaving in the summer, and then I, I think a guy for Aston Mark. And he did leave, he left, and then but the, he asked to leave a two year contract. And I said, I'll always take you if you want to come back. And he's came back. Um, I know he spoke to a couple of clubs, but he's, he's came back. I don't think they could match the money he was on, but but on my court, just if we play five in midfield. That's how you get the best of him. If he's just let him do what he wants. If you get five in the field and you had we had Finn Graham and Mark, and David Gold to just run about, kick a few folk, and you've got Ryan McCoy just just pulling the strings, does well. But as soon as you're in a four four two, he finds it a bit more difficult because there's more onus on him to cover and run. What do you think our bre- what do you think our broth our best at? Is it the four four two or is it the four five one? Uh, well, it would be three five two or it would be four four two. I would say four four two because. It gets the best out your wingers. <laughs> but it's, it's, for example, we've got wingers myself, Omar, and Bobby Lynn, and we're wingers. We're not wing backs. So Bobby Lynn's been flying for us, mm. and he's been playing as a winger. We've been playing four four two, and it's just got the best out of him. He's got a new lease of life, and I don't think we need to to go back to three five two. We get last season we played it in the last season. We got very stodgy. And we're grinding out results, whereas this season we look a bit more a bit more expansive. So. I would suggest four for two, but Ryan McCord wouldn't. Ryan McCord definitely wouldn't, unless we do four four one one or whatever. But uh, sorry, Pongo, or Ryan McCord, but <laughs> let's stick to four for two just so I got a chance. We'll go into uh, more depth with uh, about our both yeah. later on, but we'll, uh, just wanted to ask you about the Iron Brew Cup. You call it the Jobbies Cup. What do you make of it, and what do your teammates make of it, especially with all these? Um, these foreign teams, <laughs> foreign muck coming into uh, coming into the cup, and obviously the Coke teams as well. I can't speak for all my teammates, but I can speak for the majority, and they say they hate it, they don't enjoy it. They see it. In fact, the last round we played Elgin on a Wednesday night. We're travelling up to play the Elgin in this cup, and then a lot of the boys are like, let's get knocked out. This, we're you thinking, let's get knocked out because we've got a free weekend. A free weekend, going to go out and stuff like that. But obviously, you win when you're on the pitch. So we're just thinking. It's a bit of a distraction, really. But the further you go on, you're, you're, the further you go on, you're like, actually... At what point do you actually think, ah, actually, we might do no bad here? At, well, at the moment, we're thinking we've got a nice draw for the next mm-hmm. round, a home draw at Edinburgh City, and win that now you're in the quarterfinals. Mm-hmm. So I think right now we're thinking um, we've got a chance. But I'm thinking it's going to start putting the first team back in again. <laughs> <laughs> it's a game time before we, the more we go on. But we hate, the, what, what all players hate, is they hate that under-21 teams being in it. Just what do you make of their standards? <sighs> crap. Not crap. Good technical players. Yeah. Really good technical players, but so naive. They want ages on the ball because they get it in under under twitch football, whereas at our level it's just nobody's good enough to keep the ball, so we all just run at each other and press and press and yeah. press. So they don't get any time and they get bullied a little bit yeah. and then they, get, they go out and you don't want to play it away to an under 21 team, an empty stadium. I mean... Some of the, putting these out like Sligo or Bohemians or whatever, it's a whole weekend, but it could be quite enjoyable, different trip, and it would be a decent crowd. Mm-hmm. It would all be a decent crowd, so it's just 
It's just those cold sides yeah. with no crowds. I remember uh, a couple of years back, Stensmuir were in a real funk at the bottom of League One. They had a really poor start to the season and they, they didn't have enough players, they were really uncompetitive, but they played Rangers at fourth bank. Uh, Rangers on the 21s in the Colt teams and Rangers on the 21s were rubbish. I mean, this is supposed to be the elite level youngsters in the country taking on one of the worst sides in the, the third tier. And Steny beat them 3-1 And it wasn't even Like Stenismere didn't really need to get out of third, third gear To beat them So I, I, it's the sort of th- You always wonder about this The thin end of the wedge I know that Rangers and Celtic Colts tried to uh, Get into uh, League 2 Which was thankfully Kai Bosch mm-hmm. That'd be a, a terrible idea But yeah I'm, It's reflected in the crowds I mean nobody wants to go and see Like your team take on St. Bernard under 21 So even even the elite, even I say the elite team, even Celtic kind of tournaments, nobody wants to, nobody wants to watch them. There were scenes though um, down in I was going to say Wales, but they actually play in England. Uh, the New Saints, uh, Queens Park won on penalties uh, after a two-two draw, and uh, oh, that's five look, minutes of that match. Amazing. That's like two seasons in a row now because I think if you speak to Dumbarton fans about what's one of your favourite away days in recent years, they would say away to, to TNS. And now Queen's Park fans would probably say exactly the same. The last five minutes was tremendous. I like the first half as well uh, when the commentators, the, the Welsh commentators, because you can, like, there was an England, if you press like a red button, you got like the English commentary. <laughs> and uh, they were talking about it being an all Welsh final, uh, so you can bend that right up. Who's <laughs> <laughs> the, the best one? Was it, was it, was it Borum Wood? Borum Wood was yeah. particularly. Yeah, was a strange, a, it was a strange, uh, strange statement that came out. So he was talking about the fact that uh, he was proud of the fact that Borum Wood had got in the, the Challenge Cup. He was dreaming about a Hamden final. I don't think a thing was going to be a Hamden. <laughs> but then he started talking about it was like he was trying to shame the fans into buying more tickets because he'd only had 100 tickets. And he was saying, and this on the anniversary of my father's death. And <laughs> just, a, <laughs> just a weird, <laughs> rambling statement that went in a lot of different directions. I could see Dunfermline uh, put them in their place then uh, on the penalties. The, the highlights of Dunfermline, I'm presuming that the Dunfermline game was not good as I the see. highlights lasted 3 minutes and 17 seconds and the first 45 seconds was just footage of them walking out the tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> Looking out, looking elsewhere. Um, before we get onto uh, the, the game, the, the Falkirk game. Before we get onto that, what else stood out for me from the weekend? It's the uh, Queen of the South performance to go four uh, 0 up. Stephen Dobby getting his nineteenth and twentieth goals of the season. There, guys. You know, a bit of favourite thing about Stephen Dobby. Um, see how the way he celebrates every time he scores because you get you score that many goals, you might just think, you know what, who cares? But he looks like he's having the time of his life. Oh, I said that massive fan. His, his wife put out an interesting tweet as well, talking about um, how much uh, how much he works because it's something you look at Stephen Dobby and you think, ah, oh, he looks a bit kind of chunky. But I, I think she's just he's just stocky. It's football. I think it's that sort of footballer standards. I remember thinking like Michael Moffat to see him. Uh, he looks a bit overweight, but then I remember passing him in the street, and you think he looks he looks like me. So if I was a football player, people would call it, probably call me fat and hurt my feelings. Um, so uh, aye, for Steve, Stephen Dobby's probably just a, a big lump of a boy. He's just a, aye, stocky, stocky is the best word to describe. Stephen Dobby. I remember when he was at Hibs, and people always used to label he's fat, he's this and that, and then. Went down the, down, the, down the road and he's had promotion after promotion. Uh, I was like a championship specialist. Yeah. No, but it's when he went to because he got punted and loaned to Dumbarton when they were bottom of the third yeah, division at that. the time, and that was the real turning point. I had a, a friend who played in the same Hibs youth team as him, and apparently after training, all he would go home is uh, play Champ Man and drink Iron Brew. That's <laughs> <laughs> not not go to the gym or anything well, like that. <laughs> just, uh, just do that. So I think it was a sort of a, it was that sort of sliding doors moment. You get you get punted to the the fag end of the the football league, and you can either say. They'd be like, well, this is what it's going to be like for you, or you can turn it around, and, and he turned it around, and he's he's phenomenal, probably and one of the best players yeah. in Queen of the South history. Andy looks like he still has another year or two in him, and I don't know where he is now, but the fact he's got, ah, and he's still got, well, he's got twenty goals by October. He could be that. You know, there's a there's a guy in the Japanese second tier. I think he's still fifteen. He's still a striker. And he's still playing. Let's 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 do it, Dominic. You can do uh, that. But I mean, Queen of the South were four 0 up at half time against Crusaders. Absolutely cruising against them. I remember I checked. I, che- I was checking the score. I was. Uh, I can't. What was I doing Saturday? I went to Chris Boyd's testimonial. Well, that's. A, that's <laughs> we'll save that. Uh, that's, that's, that's a story for another thing. But I was checking the scores. As I kind of thought, Queen's absolutely cruising. I seen Stephen Dobby scoring, and then seeing uh, the scores uh, later on, and uh, the Queen of the South Twitter account saying this is proper backs to the wall stuff. You know, they were calamitous. Absolutely shocking. So, so Jacob, shocking. Jacobs got caught in possession for the the first goal back. Um, Mercer then had a really he just tapped it uh, back to the goalie that made it 4-3 and there was still five minutes to go and as you say at one point I thought this is going to be really embarrassing actually for uh, uh, for uh, Crusaders and I thought no actually it's going to be really embarrassing for the South <laughs> uh, but thankfully, uh, thankfully they held out 
Anything else? I'm, I'm cautious of time, but as well, is there anything else? Just, just on that, and recover, I'll just say it's a pretty good week for Scottish clubs. I was looking at the results, you had sort of Fort Martin holding, who was it, Coleraine? Coleraine, yeah, the yeah, penalties. Yeah. And then you had Dunfermline uh, Borham Wood, as we've discussed, TNS getting knocked out, and then you've got Falkirk. <laughs> shall we? Shall we? Shall we go on? Uh, I was going to. I was going to mention Dundee United getting uh, beat by Alwa again, or failing to beat Alwa again. But I think they had a second string team out of Shabo. Was, no, Lazo wasn't there. It was mixed. I mixed. If, it was a. It was players that were kind of on the periphery of the first team rather than a, like an under twenty squad. Fraser Five came back for the last twenty mm-hmm. minutes or so as well. Alwa looked excellent, incidentally. Uh, they, they've just signed Connor Shields that had an excellent first six months with Albion Rovers. Then he went down the road to Sunderland. Uh, he looked. He, he, he kind of faded uh, in the second half, but he looked really good in the first half coincidentally as well when he left uh, Albion Rovers that was a sort of the point where yeah. they sort of went down the table and uh, from having interviewed players on the Penalty <clears throat> Podcast you should listen to that by the way um, Alan Troughton stopped scoring goals after the second half season because him and Connor Shields really uh, worked well together so it'll be interesting to see how, how they do I know Alan Troughton came off the bench I, I don't know if as much as I like Alan Troughton as a player I don't know if he's good enough to play in the the championship I just don't know if the game's a bit too too fast for him, a bit too physical for him. But as much as I like him, I don't know about. But anyway, um, pleased to see him scoring. Probably one of the best penalty takers in the country. Mm. Never misses. Falkirk. <laughs> we're gonna we're, 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 our first kind of main team feature is Falkirk. So we'll start here and work our way back. They got beat by Kona's Quay Nomad. He is pronounced. <laughs> I always say Quay. I always say Quay. This is the first time this has happened. It's happened many times. The first footage I saw of this game was, I think it was filmed from the stand. I found that on YouTube and I watched it and you got a bit more of the the kind of beef in the game and I was watching it and I was like, ah, these Connors Key guys, these are like bad eggs. Really wish Falkirk could beat them. And then I watched the Falkirk highlights, and as soon as I heard the two Falkirk commentators, I'm really glad you got beat. Uh, but I know that this con is key. They played uh, Dumbarton last season, and in terms of, I don't like using this word, but like shit housing, they were just really bad. Not bad, but good at it. Mm-hmm. And it's and like like holding the ball, like for throw-ins and stuff. The the manager, and the assistant manager, noising up the opposition. That's great. That's superb. I think at one point I, I didn't see anything. I think Adam Muirhead knocked the assistant manager over. <laughs> I, think it, I think it was a way to take a throw in, but he just knocked him out of the way and he said, "Well, he's standing, you know, he's standing in my way," and I just banged into him. But he absolutely meant it. <laughs> Quite like. And am I right in saying that? Uh, well, there's no surprise that Adam Muirhead involved there. But am I right in saying Falkirk were just dug me? They, they were the better team oh, okay, they, were, they were the better team they probably didn't deserve to lose <laughs> okay. but the fact that Ray McKinnon was interviewed afterwards and the, the question was something along the lines of uh, no, it's your first game Ray you know, what do you make of the, the players that are available, available to you and he went eh, they're okay you like, oh, that doesn't sound particularly encouraging. But I mean, he has to—he has to keep those players on side because aye, that's a big thing. So guys like maybe Hartley will go in and, and slate the players, but then they're, you know, they don't want to work for you for the, the three or four months that is that they're under his uh, command. So he's, he's kind of kind of left for them until January. He's quite raised, quite blunt from Adivan's women in the past, and a lot of people just he just he doesn't waste time. He'll just tell people as it is. Well, but what if your entire squad though just isn't good enough? I mean, how many players in that Falkirk team? Are worth salvaging and, and, and keeping Jordan McGee. It's probably one of the better defenders. Now. Better defenders. I, I was looking at their their squad list just to see who the players are. So I, I wasn't aware of what their players were. You know how we, you know how like when we when we do a preview at the summer and we maybe talk about Queens Park mm-hmm. and we'll say it's really difficult to talk about Queens Park because <laughs> they've, they've brought a lot of guys in for amateur and juniors and we don't know who they are. Yeah. That's a bit like the current Falkirk team. Seventeen players came in. And very few of them look like they're up to championship standard. I mean, it was no surprise as well when they got rid of Paul Hartley that they got rid of um, Richard Mitchell, the scout from Brentford, who's the one, rather than sort of doing the, the tried and tested where you, you sign guys from who, who are sort of, uh, who have got experience in like sort of the bottom end of the Premiership, the sort of championship football. That sort of, and I don't want to use the term because it disparages it, but that money ball sort of approach mm-hmm. uh, to sign to signing players in the hope that a handful of them turn good and can be shifted on for a profit. I, I don't know how many instances where where a team has has brought in so many players and almost every single one of them just doesn't 
look good enough for the, the job at hand. What did you feel that Hartley sacking was came too late or kind of came too soon? You know, he'd, won, he'd won 16 out of 40 and I, I think he was sacked or he left three games no, in the season. No, league games in no I, I don't. I, I don't because I think that the Falkirk board must have realised how bad things how bad things were. And the, you know sometimes <clears> it, <throat> it makes everyone at Falkirk look bad, makes the board look, board look bad and it makes Hartley look bad. But you know sometimes you've got to go in there if you see that there's no way back. I mean, what was it after they got beaten 3-0 by Queen of the South? Uh, they were horrendous, absolutely stinking against Falkirk. And I know some of the statistics don't tell the, the whole story, but Queen of South, when Queen of South were away from home, they had 27 shots at goal that day to, to Falkirk's three, and if it had been a bit more clinical, could it could have been, been, been six or seven. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And the, the thing about Falkirk is, so last year's team wasn't considered good enough, so fair enough, but the guys that's left, so uh, Paul Watson, like, would he be regarded as a great Falkirk centre-half? No, okay. but, but have they got anybody that's better than them this season? Probably not. Who you put Aaron Muirhead at centre-back? <laughs> uh, uh, Tom Tywell? He's not, he's going to hack, he's. But have they managed to replace him? I mean, no, I mean, I mean, I mean he, he was decent last right, season, sorry. but did they have anybody that's better than him this season? Well, they've seen Paul Payton. Strongest face I've ever seen. <laughs> that's the one that stood out today. It's like, oof, it's a big um, face, isn't it? I, quite, quite funny, I, sorry, this is the last time I mentioned the Pelly podcast, but, I, I, sorry, <laughs> but I'd, I'd sent uh, Paul, Paul a message, because I think he'd be a really interesting guy to talk to. And he, he got back to me and said, listen, I'm a school holidays at the moment, I've uh, got games through the week, come back to me in a couple of weeks. So I waited a fortnight, got back to him, said, listen, you want to come on? He messaged me back a couple of days later, I said, I've ran it by the gaffer, it's Paul Hartley, I've run it by the gaffer. And he says, hey, we're going to wait till results pick up before I, I come back. And I thought, well, we'll be fucking speaking <laughs> this season then. But it's like, but, but Paul, Paul Payton, I think he can look good if he's got the right players around him. Uh, and he doesn't have the right players in him, so he looks slow and ponderous and that mm-hmm. crab football where the ball's just it's been recycled but it's not been recycled effectively. He was with with United. Yeah, he, he was he was good. And when he like, I'm sure he was part of that team with uh, Robertson, Armstrong, Gold. So he looked he looked fantastic. Mm. And because he could do the simple things, he liked to play a, a kind of cross field ball. But when things up against it, he's, he's not the type of player you want to have on the ball to try and kind of no. stimulate stimulate the team. He was excellent. What you would say is the last time he played at that level was in like 2012, 2013, uh, when he won the uh, the first division with Partick Thistle. Mm-hmm. But that was a really good Partick Thistle team, and uh, forgive me, I can't remember the guys because uh, soccer base isn't loading up. I can't remember the guys that play. I had like uh, Stephen Lawless and stuff alongside him. You know, guys who can do the, the sort of sort of heavy lifting. And I don't think that Falkirk have got anyone who, who can really do that. So Ray McKinnon came in. Um, he, I was reading an interview with him today with the Falkirk Herald, and I'm guessing the the main thing was he said there's a real path to the Premiership. You weren't, Sean, you weren't surprised uh, that he, he mugged Morton off. We'll get to Morton. I've got their statement in front of me. <laughs> uh, so what, what is it about McKinnon that, that a lot of people were referred to him as a sneak? Uh, I think he's just extremely ambitious. Okay. Uh, Beth. That's the a, a second Macbeth uh, reference in the, the, this week. I think he's, I think he's a proud podcast here. <laughs> I, I think he's always looking out for himself, put it that way. Uh, I, mean, I mean I know when he was at Wraith Rovers we had the, the playoff coming up and he was he was already I think he was already in negotiation with Dundee United at that point which you know fair enough I'm sure he can multitask and do both things but it kind of left a wee bit of a sour taste the way that, that he went about it at, um, at, from going from Morton to Falkirk like he'd spoken to I'm sure that the story was he'd spoken to Falkirk gone for the interview on the Wednesday taking training uh, and stuff on the Thursday Prepared the players for their upcoming match. Was it against Ross County? Was uh, it might have been. It was a uh, Park Thistle. So Park, prepared them for the match against Park Thistle, and had posed for team photographs as well, like the, the squad lineup and the calendar pictures. And then on the Friday night, he's away yeah. to. Uh, what, uh, what's the the, the, uh, the Martin Chairman called again? Is it call him Douglas? No, no, is Crawford, it, right? is it Crawford? I was going to say Cameron Ray. Uh, Crawford. Uh, I was at Park Lee only this uh, this morning watching our team going through their final preparations for tomorrow's encounter with Arctic Thistle, and I was blown away by the camaraderie and dedication all the players showed towards camaraderie. Camaraderie. <laughs> <laughs> Ray and Adam. Leave me alone. Uh, <laughs> I spoke with Ray about his formations for tomorrow's games game, and he uh, intimated that he wanted to delay starting eleven until he got to Far Hill tomorrow. And then he went on and said he left the training ground on a high. Then received a call saying that he was off off, off to Falkirk. He left the training ground on a high because he knew he was getting more money at Falkirk. 
Aye, well, he's, well, he's got, but that's the thing, you know. If he's, <clears throat> if you were, if you were the Falkirk team, say he does well at Falkirk, he's probably going to stick around for long. That's 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 the big problem. You know, ambitions, ambitions, a good quality to have because I think everyone should look to to to, to do as, as best as they can. But if you were the chairman, stuff, I don't know if you would trust them or not. The, 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 the statement was 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 great because it's like uh, words such as t- sadness, tinge of resentment, prematurely, um, ironic that six hours later, Falkirk announced Ray McKinnon as a new manager. Have uh, you you mentioned about I'm um, being blunt, Danny? What? Have you had much other dealings with him, or what you've heard? What what is he like as a manager? Twice, so I mean, I was at Falkirk initially, tried to sign me before I went to Livingston. Mm-hmm. He was at Breakin at the time, <clears throat> and he came down with Darren Taylor. I'm not sure if Darren Taylor's still with yeah. him. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's the assistant. Yeah, and Darren Taylor's just easy to get on with. Talk to him, and Ray's kind of just like doesn't give much away. But what he does say, it's just full of we're going to do this, we're going to do that, and he talks. He's got big ideas on the game. And then I turned him down Went to Livingston So we weren't too happy And the next time He didn't come himself He just sent Darren Taylor the next time he tried to sign me Which was fine I got on with him But Just being in the room Marie, You just tell that As you say Very ambitious But you got the feeling That if you do well for him He'll take, he'll take you up with him mm-hmm. um, But that move From Morrick to, to Falkirk Very sneaky I would say <laughs> Very yeah. Very, very um, I just feel like You can't take a job In two weeks in Move, take a sideways well maybe a slight step up but it's, it's a sideways job I, I don't see how you can do that and why you would do that I think under normal circumstances like in a normal Falkirk team that you would expect Falkirk to have you can kind of say well you know someone absolutely Falkirk's got a far better chance of getting promoted and getting into the, the, the premiership this season I don't see that at no. all Morton seem to have a far better squad than Falkirk the big thing is as well um, what you would say if you look at that division the safety net in the championship is our because they're the part-time team. And everyone knows you've got full-time football is a massive advantage compared to part-time. No matter how good the players Al have got, you know, like you, you look through that squad, that is good part-time players. Um, but when when Alwa, as soon as Alwa won promotion, straight away they knew we are favourites for relegation. So all their players are, are mentally prepared that it's going to be a, a long, hard season. They're mentally attuned to that. You sign for Alwa in the summer knowing that it's going to be a relegation battle. I don't think any of the players at Falkirk have, have, that's crossed their mind. They go to Falkirk thinking we're going to mid table, mid table, pushing to to get into the playoffs. And James, I, I don't know if there's if, if the the squad are, are mentally attuned to the, the situation they, they find themselves in. So, so before we move on um, to our next club, what has Ray McKinnon got there got uh, got to work with there? Who 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 are who can he kind of build the team around? Uh, I think if Jordan McGee comes back for injury, he could stabilise the defence. I think Andy Irving appears to have impressed since coming on loan from yeah. Hearts. Yeah, um, despite um, his involvement, well, it was unfortunate. It's nothing to do with him, but him coming on against Cove and um, for, for Hearts and getting the, the, the penalty, uh, he has looked decent in the in the, in the spells he's had on the pitch. He's very technically. I don't. He's he's, he's probably not the most um, dynamic of players, but he's got a great left foot. Uh, Ray after the game Ray spoke quite highly Kieran Dunn uh, came on and played uh, wide left I think I mean they're not creating any chances I think I don't know how accurate the stats are on the SPFL website but it says I've had 8 shots on 8 shots a goal in 4 games uh, I don't know if it would be his type of player necessarily because I don't know how much Ray McKinnon was keen on McCord when they were at Wraith but if he can get Froxilius maybe playing behind uh, a striker, he, he's quite creative. Yeah, uh, the guys he signed, he's bought Zach Rudden on, on loan from Rangers, so I presume this is somebody he's, 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 uh, he's keen on. And I know I read in Fogart Herald today that he tried to sign uh, Tony Ralston on loan from, from Celtic, and Darren O'Day was offered to him from Dundee. And Neil McCann offered him at half past ten at night, and it just there wasn't the time to, to get the deal uh, over, the, over the line. I, I, I still think he'll stay up, but... I'm struggling to see who too many teams that are going to finish above but that's the thing if you, one of the things as well down my notes you remember the Green at Morton side that were relegated in 2014 at what point I know they were still early on in the season we're about five games into the season but it was always nah because they'll eventually get out of it but I wonder at what point do you think that we're not going to get out of it I mean, you mentioned earlier I just think that Aloe aren't breaking I think Aloe mm. Aloe as team as you said and I think they're going to be no mugs I think they'll pick up points Aye. and I think they've got a chance the way Fogger are going right now I think they've got to be careful and you, and you did mention the Greenwich Morton team there that was they had some big names 
they had some really good players and Falker got not big names but loads of them and <laughs> they need to get it sorted and they, they can't rest in the laurels otherwise I look could catch them Right let's go from Jabronis to uh, the Smokies League leaders are both <laughs> <laughs> Lovely link <laughs> League leaders are, are both Basically D- uh, Danny how's it going? Well we're doing really well at the moment Probably because I'm not on the team <laughs> Before you guys can have a crack at that one Yeah we've got, um, got the stats here <laughs> So yeah we just We've got a bit of a settled squad The people we've brought in Have improved it And I don't think there was much expectation for us to go and to go and win this league. So, each well, game you said uh, said in the opening the, the podcast that you, you fancied uh, you fancied our growth chances. Uh, yeah, but you know I play for our growth. You got to yourself <laughs> up, you know. But like you, you, we've been taking the old cliche, you take each game as it comes. We have been sort of looking at each game in isolation, and we've had a, we've got a settled team, which just seems to be doing well at the moment. And I know it's early days. Teams around us that we thought were going to be up there, apart from maybe Wraith, who look okay, haven't been haven't been producing as consistently as us. But we're only five games in, so it's, it's difficult to tell. But I mean, even even this early, I know you're saying it's still early, but you you can't really imagine you'd struggle to think that Dumbarton could kind of bounce back from where they are to to kind of challenge Airdrie. Look okay. The Rovers have kind of stuttered a wee bit. Uh, they kind of regained a wee bit. I mean, Wraith Rovers have impressed for about 97 minutes. The last seven minutes of the Airdrie game, and they were quite good against Forfar. So they've kind of toiled a wee bit this season. Uh, and I know you... I thought at the start of the season you said maybe, well, you never know, but probably top four. Mm-hmm. But you, you now look at everybody else and you think, like, is your, is your kind of target changed a wee bit? You're never going to get me to say that. No, let's be honest. If Dick Campbell was on, he'd be saying, we're going for the league, we're going for the league, because nothing but the league will be enough for him because even with a couple of draws and he was fuming absolutely I mean especially the two goals up yeah. against Breakin in the absolutely. last minute and the Dumbarton one, one as well so he was absolutely fuming and it's like sometimes you think we're in crisis and you check actually we're top of the league here so the standards well that's, that's what shows you the guys yeah. Uh, absolutely yeah and yeah we're, let's be honest we're going to go for it now because the teams around us haven't 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 impressed but I think Airdrie will be good I know they had a meltdown against Wraith I think their problem will be their naivety I think they'll be they're quite a young team and I think they're going to stutter in that regard Dumbarton just looks slow so it's it's Wraith I think at the moment full time football will kick in it always does at the early stages you're all kind of still vibrant you're all still up for it and then it gets to the cold months February, March is a tough day at work subconsciously your, your standards probably do drop a little bit whereas if you're full time you've got that little bit of an edge even if you're equivalent or even if you're a worse player that, that edge can be enough so I still think we're not the favourites to win this league <laughs> we're not the favourites to win this league I noticed, uh, I noticed Doris was back uh, yeah. on the bench I mean the, the forward options our both have got I mean for the league one it's incredible yeah we've got we've got good players going forward I mean Doris so the, he was on the bench he's just been back training he was never coming on mm-hmm. he was never coming on it was right we've only got five subs so the gaff was just like Fancy win bonus. <laughs> so, he's, uh, so he's got himself on the bench. He's done a couple of token jogs, but he was never he was never coming on. But it was great. It was he's a, he's a lovely big fella, Stephen Doris, and it's great to see a guy who's been out for a year come back and see it meant a lot to him to get that. Even though it's a jobby's cup win bonus is not a lot, just to get that little extra bit in his pocket. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not surprised. See, see, our, our both do well when we when we spoke about them on the the, the preview podcast. So I made the point that that they already had a good group of players. Finished top four last season. Yeah. yeah finished top four last season. They signed players to address the the problem areas. For instance, uh, Dan Jameson's a better <coughs> goalkeeper than uh, Ricky Gomez or David Hutton. So I know it was a bit of a problem position last season. Mm-hmm. So instantly you've you've you've, you've improved in that that position. It's a, a squad of players who've been playing with each other for for a long time. And if you you look at there's goals from all over the pitch. You've got like Tom O'Brien will chip in with about five or six goals a season between Danny Omar and Bobby Lynn. You've got about what twenty goals, twenty five goals a season there. Michael McKenna is uh, is, is scoring goals. He's got a hat trick against Ross County. He scored another one. Uh, Ryan Wallace is playing well at the moment. Uh, so I I'd, I'd be if I was not both and I'd be quietly confident. I know I, I completely understand what you're saying about that. You always think the full time teams they're the ones that are most likely to rise to the top. But as we've said, Wraith Rovers aren't exactly in the the rudest of healths at the at the moment. But no, I. I why not? One, one thing I want to just say about as well is I think the players that you mentioned as well have kind of 
not overperformed, but people's expectations of them weren't maybe what they were. I think Jason Thompson for me, I knew he was a good player, I knew he was solid, but he's been even better than I thought he was going to be. And then Tam O'Brien just went to a new level. Nice, good player. Ryan Wallace just got player of the month. He's brought everybody into the game. Bobby Lynn's lost a bit of stone in pre-season and he is just looking yeah. at training, not just not just in games, but in training as well. You're like, wow. So it's, it's not just that, it's the players that we already had have improved. Mickey McKenna, as you say, I've got better. Ryan McCord, you've got... Yeah, guys before. are fitter and... <laughs> It just seems like we are we're riding the wave at the moment. Long may it continue. Is that frustrating? Is that frustrating for you? I know you're not you're not playing uh, much. You're sort of coming on for mm. twenty minutes here, and you're, you're playing in the Jobbies Cup. Is that frustrating to when the team's doing well that you can't? It, it, it is frustrating in terms of like when you win a game. Even if I came I came on eighties five and I've came on and I've scored, and I'm thinking I've done all right there. I'm not going to play next week ever. And then I think we put I think we went, we were playing. Dumbarton or Breakin we went one up and I'm warming up and we scored I went yes and I went back in my head and I'm like that's me sitting on the wood for another <laughs> week so it is frustrating it is but you, you just you will get your chance you will I just have to be patient and wait but as soon as we get a, a, a defeat I will be knocking on the gaffer's door saying, pick me pick me pick me I'm here I was, I was going to ask that when, when you've got such a good um, when the team are doing so well got a good uh, run of form uh, are you do you just not bother going to speak to speak to the gaffer obviously uh, Dick Camel was mm-hmm. a very interesting uh, gaffer to go and speak to but do you just um, uh, just generally would you just kind of just sit on your, your hands and wait you pick you have to pick and choose your moments so I would never go when we're and run no, you, couldn't, you couldn't do that so what's the point but in as well chap in the gaffer's door you've got to be a brave man but you know <laughs> I've known him long enough and uh, I, w- I would be willing to do it if under the right circumstances but it would have to be a defeat Bobby Lennon oh, I must have had a stinker the weekend for me to do it as well I can't be just I can't be just doing it at that, that time when they're on form so it is just playing the waiting game And how, how, how do you approach how do you approach a manager when you want to uh, when you want to try and what do you say to him to try and get your, yourself back into the, the, the team you knock on his door and you go can I have a word <laughs> so you'll, ask, you'll ask him can I have a word and he'll be he always makes time for you and you say you just you, you, I, I would always say listen I'm I want to play I want to play and I feel like I've been training hard and just give me an opportunity and then if it doesn't work it doesn't work because I've not really had to do it with the, the gaffer previously I had to do it with Gary Bowling once at Forfa it was five weeks and everyone wasn't playing knocked on his door he said right give me a chance and then at half time just went right through me at half time saying you come knocking on my door and you've played like that at half time so that's the one thing as well when you're, you are on edge as well because you know you, you do get that chance that all eyes are on you and if you don't impress if you're not the best player in the park, you're going to get slaughtered. So it's not a very uh, good good position to be in. But you know, at top of the league, I can't you know I can't really complain at the moment apart from not getting much game time. Who's the? We've, we've talked a lot about the kind of depth with Farbrook. There's 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 good depth. There's quality throughout the team. Who 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 are the who are the key players? Who are the players that uh, there would be a would there be significant drop in the team if certain players dropped out of the team? Yeah, definitely. You've you've got mentioned them before, but. Sam O'Brien is just the best at half at this level by a distance because he can play with the ball at his feet and he's good in there so if he, he's right at the centre of our defence he's the spine and then after that though I think if we have any, any injuries we've got players that are better than others but we could cope I think if Bobby Lynn gets injured I can I can come in if a certain midfielder gets injured Ryan McCord come in if a striker gets injured Doris is on his way back and we've got Kane Hester you, you, our bros don't have a lot of defenders we don't have you, a lot of defenders you almost have more forwards than you do defenders almost we don't have a lot of defenders that's the one thing um, but we've got players like David Gold who can play right back and then Jason Thompson just comes right yeah. over to centre back can you so, play at left back? oh I've done it now and then but mm. I had my first appearance this season was straight off the plane from Koss my lovely girlfriend and straight to Tannadice and 15 minutes to go Injury to Colin Hamilton, I come at left back. Paul McMillan's playing right wing. And. Nippy. Oh, yeah, very nippy. So they say, show him the line. So I showed him the line, and they just went, okay, I'll take the line. They just ran past me. And then they said, show him inside, show them inside. He just ripped me inside, put the ball in the box, 1 0 Dungeon United. And the gaffer comes running down the stairs. I see the bonnet coming from down the stairs, and he goes, get that gun out of the left. <laughs> So I played centre mid and put Watley and Mark Watley there and I, I can't see myself ever ever playing there again. So no. Well, thing you mentioned uh, about uh, right right. So you talked about playing wing back. Can you play wing back? I can do it because 
at our level, we've got the ball majority of the time because we're the better sides in the league. The problem with wing back comes when you're playing against a better side and you're not getting much of the ball, so you're just getting deeper and deeper and deeper, and then suddenly you find yourself playing a full back. But if it's like I played a, a 3 5 2 against Dan at the weekend, I'm virtually playing as a left winger because you've got the ball the whole time, you can be a bit braver, you can go forward. So I can do it, it's just when the back's against the wall, I do find it hard, fairly good in the air, but can't tackle, so <laughs> that's where I struggle. Talking about struggling. Dumbarton these links are deep beautiful isn't it you just set me up for them we were talking uh, you mentioned earlier Danny that you're looking at start of the season Dumbarton were going to be in and around the um, certainly the promotion push they're sitting second bottom well level on points of bottom side East Fife what's, what's, what's happened injuries uh, that's one of the excuses ah, one of the excuses <laughs> but I mean for a team you know I was looking Dumbarton haven't once been able to fill a bench this season through injuries against Dennis Muir for instance uh, Craig Barr Michael Payton Stuart Carswell Andy Little were all not even stripped in the stand and Ross Forbes uh, had his battle like Stone Cold Steve Austin was with that sort of bandage in his leg <laughs> and I don't think there's, there's many teams in the division that could cope but with all the losing players that play, players of those, those stature um, I, I think Steve Aitken might have been surprised to still find himself as a Dumbarton manager after the relegation because you know there, there's no shame I don't think for a part-time club there's no shame in dropping out of the championship because it's a hard league to stay in and Dumbarton have consistently punched above their weight the manner in which they went down though was, was really poor because they were absolutely they were really poor against um, Alloa you know they basically tried to stifle the game and, and didn't really offer it and they got their well, they got their just desserts at, at the end of it. So the, immediately the, there's pressure on him straight away to to, to 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 take them back up into the championship, and they did sign some 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 really good players. Um, for instance, some of the big names like Cammy Ballantyne was the best right back in League Two last season. Willie Dyer's always been a really good uh, full back. Uh, Rory Lloyd, granted, didn't have a good season at Falkirk, but he's shown. Particularly when he in his previous spell with Falkirk and and at St Mirren in the, in the Championship, he's a really really good player. Um, Michael Payton was good at, at Dunfermline Athletic, so you're thinking that, that these guys are going to come down and and shine, but it hasn't happened. I think slow is is, is the right word. I think other than Bobby Barr, maybe Callum Gallagher, not a lot of pace there. And I think I saw them against Stenhouse Muir um, a couple of weeks ago, and yes, we can say that there's. Um, uh, there's injuries there but didn't seem to be a lot of cohesion don't think Grant Adams most convincing of goalkeepers I don't like saying it Andy Dowie's looks a wee bit off the pace uh, Rory Lloyd's really out of form at the moment I think Rory Lloyd's the sort of player that if if he scores uh, more goals will follow because he is he's, he's a really good player but some of the chances he's missing are really poor and, 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 and Ross Forbes isn't fit I mean, there was a moment um, Ross Forbes came on uh, and it was Ross Forbes and Kyle Hutton playing central midfield, and that's that's a really immobile uh, like central midfield pair. For, Forbes has never really looked like he's that fit. I just no, I don't like, think he's that. He's not. He's not a player that's going to kind of buzz about. Like a, a Ryan McCord type, just the same sort of things. You can find the formation that you've got a luxury role for him to, to, to be the World Cup Willie passes and stuff like that. But if you're needing to do the the, the hard grafting stuff, he's probably not the the, the kind of player that you. I think Aitken is still doing Steve Aitken type things though that just totally can confuse you so Forbes uh, Forbes has been on the bench uh, quite a bit and yet when he's been coming on he's been fairly creative I know he started against Montrose uh, and he looked fairly good but the highlights uh, Rory Loy when you interviewed him on the podcast one of the things he said was under no circumstances am I a target man mm. and yet this season that's, Aitken has been using him as a, a target man I, that's a really good point that's something I noticed because having, I, when you, after having done these podcasts with guys you sort of look out for him I'm, I'm quite fond of Rory because I, I really enjoyed speaking to him so I always look out for him w- w- when he's playing and the number of times he was looking for, for balls like sort of like into feet you know or he was making or he was making earn and just not getting it and it got him more and more frustrated and he got subbed off and he was kicking the turf in frustration but you're right I don't think I mean it's one thing you say well you've got to you're not going to get the ball the way you want it every time but he was you could see his, his frustration and you've, you've played against them yeah I just, I just they had brought in loads of these players sort of big names and good on paper but as you touched on a severe lack of pace they've got no pace they're very cumbersome all over the park and it's showing and Bobby Barr you're right is the only one who's got a bit of pace but if he's not in his game they look like they're going to struggle and they, they drew us they didn't deserve to draw us we were by far the better side and we didn't have a good we didn't play well 
So Dick Campbell uh, blamed you for that goal. He said you should have took it to the corner. Yeah, but it was completely. It was a different. It was a completely yeah, different so, occasion. I should have taken it. <laughs> <laughs> on the bench, I can't do no right. By the way, it was a fantastic cross as well. I don't know why Omar Kadir should have put in. <laughs> but and then ten minutes later, they scored. I get the blame. <laughs> but they, they did. They did. They did look very, very cumbersome, and um, they still, they've had lots of injuries. But I remember we talked about Ross Perry on. On the, the last podcast, and they gave me a dirty look, so I blame you, <laughs> guys, for that. But they've, they've signed the they've signed Jack Aitchison. I've seen from Celtic. That's, yeah. He was busy. That's what describe. Yeah. Busy, but without. Uh, yeah, he died. But busy. That's best. Best yeah. way to describe. I'm sure he's on paper. He's a, a good player. He comes with good pedigree. So I don't know, but I didn't see, didn't see much against him. Lovely moment though. Um, in that match, that like they did. They, there were points where they did look good. There was a bit where they scored, it was like an Ian Russell cross, it was flicked on by Rollo and Bobby Barr controlled and finished it, and that was like a couple of minutes, in, four minutes into the match, and you think, Seriously, we're going to get a wee bit of doing here. And, and that, that was a nice goal, but then, like, a, a bit of indecision for Grant Adam allowed Seb Ross in to chip him, and uh, just a bit of poor defender at the far post they allowed um, Kevin O'Hara to get a flick on for Conor Duffy to score. Um, the chairman, the, the John Steele, the, the Dumbarton Chairman's acknowledged that he said that, that nobody's happy with, with, with the way results are going. And he is in, what's interesting for Dumbarton is that I th- I'm not sure, depending on how their next game's going, it might be tricky for Steve Aitken because they play Montrose again. Then they've got Airdrieonians, then they've got Wraith Rovers. So particularly the games against the Airdrie and Wraith Rovers, they're the, the teams that are probably on favourites to finish in the top four. You kind of lose against them. I mean, Aitken's entire tenure at Dumbarton has generally been a number of defeats and then you start to think well is this is this him I mean when when they lost to Bonnie Rig Rose you I thought right that must be it now but then they, fo- they followed that up after they lost to Bonnie Rig I think they I think they lost to Hibs then they beat Falkirk and then I think they beat Dungeon United and I thought well actually that, that's him safe again and his entire tenure has been like that but he's obviously not going to get away with that mm-hmm. in, in League 1 because they have to put together consistent results if they're going to get out of that league with, I think though we kind of mentioned earlier if, they, if they've got the players there if the players are fit that's a great squad I do under- appreciate that there is, there is a lack of pace, other than maybe down the right flank with Bar and Ballantyne. But that's that's a, a good group, a good defence. I think I think they're going to struggle at centre half if Dowie is on the wane. And so Craig Barr, I know Craig Barr had a pretty much a full season at Dumbarton last year, but that's very unusual mm. uh, for Barr. And I know he. Uh, he went off an injury the other week, so I don't know how bad his injury is. But if he's missing for any length of time, then I think they'll they'll struggle defensively. Just one thing I wanted to ask you, Danny, in terms of, because we looked at Dumbarton and Falkirk, both on bad runs. In terms of um, part-time and full-time, would you, when you're on a bad run, would you prefer being part-time or would you prefer, prefer being full-time? Because full-time you can work on it, whereas part-time you're, just not, you're not seeing everyone every, every single day and getting a, getting a, a malaise. I think from a sheer footballing sense, I think it'd probably better if you're full-time. But from a, I've been in bad runs with Livingston, I was full-time, mm-hmm. bad runs with Forfa. And it just it, the thing with part time is better for me as a whole as a person in my other life. It was much better part time when you were losing run because terrible lose the game. But then I've got right think about my work. I've got more going on in my life. Whereas full time it was like you know a bad run. This is it. This is all you can think <laughs> of. Bad run. You're in. You're in on a Sunday session with John McGlynn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't you don't want that. So so. I, I, for my, for my personal health, I prefer being part time. But it's just as difficult to stop. It's, it's, there's no, it's no, it's not any easier when you're part time or full time. I, I, I think. Smash them. Anything else to anything else to add? No, I just realised I forgot to, to do a, a, a troll based. Uh, I was going, a, a I was going to ask one. if there was if there was a BAT section. Uh, or, or, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There is. Wait till I wait till I find, <laughs> wait till I find the guy. It's, it's not bad. It's no Scott Zine or anything like that. Um, so wait till I wait till. Bring it up, yeah. It's basically there was a, a guy completely embarrassed. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess you need typing away there, right. and I know exactly what's what's about to follow. Right, um, there's a councillor called Alan Stubbs, <laughs> right, who is uh, the councillor for like he was a councillor for yeah for Coatbridge North. Okay, so who Clifton, plays it? Clifton Hill mm. falls within his constituency. Clifton Hill, Danny, what's your what, you briefly how you saw playing Clif- Clifton Hill? Clifton Hill, an absolutely horrible experience, but I feel bad because. 
my dad picked me up a nutmeg magazine and I looked at that first article and some of the pictures and the history and I'm moaning about a couple of potholes <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the Alan Rovers young team doesn't, doesn't seem right <laughs> this, guy, this, this guy Alan Stubbsy he's uh, on Twitter he's written the Scottish SFA will pay Queen's Park £5 million for a stadium that the club has put nothing into Meanwhile, clubs like Albion Rovers face dropping out of the senior football and going to the wall due to rising costs of maintaining a 100-year-old stadium. Absolutely disgraceful. So, ignoring that's a complete non-sequitur in the first place, that the Queen's Park making money from Hamden has got absolutely nothing to do with with the dilapidation of Clifton Hill. Um, Sean Davenport, who is actually quite a good guy to follow on Twitter, does the media stuff for Queen's Park. He's written back, so if you own your own land and someone wants it from you, you wouldn't be looking for a fair price for it? I suspect not. Remember Queen's Park's own 33-acre site that Hamden sits on, they're entitled to be reimbursed. Your statement reeks of jealousy and is embarrassing, to be honest. Alan Stubbs comes back. The SFA should have moved and left QP to it. For decades, Queen's Park has benefited from their stadium <laughs> being used by SFA taking an annual fee while paying nothing for the upkeep. Meanwhile, every other club in Scotland has had to pay their way, some going bust as a result. Okay. Anyway, it goes it goes back and forth for a wee bit. It goes back and forth for a wee bit. But anyway, in Sean's um uh, title and Sean's um bio on his Twitter page, he's a member of the community party, the Dumbarkshire Community Party. Alan Stubbs comes back say, talks they're talking about bitterness and jealousy Alan Stubbs says nothing to do with bitterness and jealousy all to do with fairness I see you're a communist your posts here don't seem to back up that claim Sean Davenport comes out saying a communist? <laughs> that's news to me I'm actually a member of the West Dumbartonshire Community Party for your information you mentioned the word fairness that's exactly what Queen's Park being compensated for the purchase of their land is Council Alan Stubbs Apologies. I misread that as a communist party. <laughs> so there you go. And on top of that, some other replies um, came that Albion Rovers had made a lot of money from televised cup matches in the past, particularly they got two games televised against Rangers, and the money was not uh, reinvested into Clifton Hill. So it's, it's, uh, is it Queen's Park uh, for also that um, Albion Rovers have signed Dunk? Uh, yes, I think I think as well. It's all Gus McPherson's fault. He took all the good junior players. <laughs> so I'll be wrong sign the rubbish. Right, that's us. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, a few things I want to mention is uh, I'm going to mention Telling uh, Pele again. Worth uh, worth getting a plug in for Jeremy McLaughlin's yeah, I talk uh, uh, two part interview. Yes, two part interview. Yes, um, we Danny. Danny's blog Can I plug that? Yes, go for yeah, it Go for it I think it's, it's got a lot of um, got a lot of tracks on Twitter I've seen a lot of people talking about it Yeah, i got a couple of people not too happy with me claiming for claiming about it but we'll go move on to that <laughs> <laughs> I just want to not make people can spell the word connoisseur I found so I'm thinking about changing that but if you Google Lower League Ramblings it'll be the first one you get and just click that link and there uh, Please read some of them and yeah, we, share them. We, we'd, we'd, uh, all of us would definitely recommend them. So a lot of yep. uh, a lot of funny stories, but a lot of uh, interesting takes from the lower leagues. The last one particularly about injuries and whether or not clubs should be liable to. For that was completely new players. to me. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a, I would never never have thought of before. I remember seeing a Craig Barr tweet mm-hmm. about yeah. it, which was mentioned yeah. in a thing, and that sort of sparked imagination. But no, it's a, a, a very good piece. Recommend recommend reading it. Cheers. And. Craig and I were at a nutmeg event. I forgot to mention mention this on Tuesday on Thursday, which was which was a good laugh, and we had people come That's up. Most to of it, yeah, for most of it. <laughs> us, us. A lot of people came up and and kind of said nice words about that the podcast. Which, uh, uh, I just want to say thanks to everyone. I, did. That was class, being because I see this as just hanging out with my pals. Uh, and just talking shite and stuff so if other people are enjoying it and stuff yeah. that's great the best thing is as well we, we talk about troll based encounters here's a troll based encounter where we squash the beef um, <laughs> Stefan Binkowski who we've, who we've spoken about and we've boiled a couple of times on this podcast uh, the, hi what's what, Richard Wilson uh, Richard Winton Richard, no Richard Wilson the wee grass oh yeah sorry the, sorry, the, the, the uh, Slovenian <laughs> fucking hell Right, he uh, tagged him in this. He got bantered off in the podcast last week and tagged uh, and tagged Seven being costing like trying to like some sort of Jerry Springer type drama. It <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> we just have to think a regular. So I will let us say, "Nobody likes the grass. Nobody likes the grass." Um, but anyway, uh, so I don't know if he was if he was looking for uh, for, for some beef, but we met Stefan, and the first thing I said to him was like, "Let's get the scope stuff out of the way." So that was it. He's completely broken, and he's actually really sound. 
you know, sometimes he comes a wee bit uh, like pious on Twitter and stuff like that, but who doesn't? You know, who doesn't? Not I. You know? <laughs> but no, nice guy, nice guy. Uh, and I, I was well pleased to meet him. I had a, a, a good time. Stephen yeah, Stefan and, and, and Richard, Richard, Richard from the BBC. Well. Uh, really nice guys. I think not make. I think the film that sort of could it could be out just uh, worth watching for our our uh, our, yeah. our part. Just watch the first twenty five minutes. That's uh, that's all you need. <laughs> There you go. Um, you can get us at all the usual places. Terrace podcast at gmail.com is the email. Twitter. Your mum's house. <laughs> <laughs> Rose Street, Bridger Rock. Um, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Thank you, Sean. Thank you. Thank you, Craig. Thank you. Thank you for coming back on, Danny. Thanks, it's been a pleasure. We'll get you back on uh, soon enough, I'm sure. Um, I've been Joe Sked. Enjoy your football. Today's episode of the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast comes in association with Nutmeg, the Scottish football periodical. The subscription-only quarterly publication is filled with top-quality writers, great articles and fascinating stories about the beautiful game in Scotland. Get your subscription at www.nutmegmagazine.co.uk Sports Social Podcast Network